Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This is Cole. And this is Ron. We are the creative team. Asking the tough questions like, hey Cole. Yeah, Ron? What if Hulkamania never ran wild? Hey, Ron. Yes, Cole? What if Rick wasn't ravishing? That's rude. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Cole, I got an idea. I can see that. Hey, Ron, I got an idea. I love it. My sister, Candace Murray. Look, up in the sky, it's the creative team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. To another exciting episode of... The Creative Team! I am your host, Cole Dawson, back from a wonderful family vacation. Uh, back to the stress and the grind, but feeling refreshed and happy. And uh, with me, as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. Ronald, how are you today, sir? I'm fantastical, Colsif. And yes, I'm so glad you had a nice vacation celebrating the 4th of July. And you know... It got me thinking, when it comes crashing down and it hurts inside, you have to take a stand. It doesn't help to hide. But if you hurt my friends, then you hurt my pride. I gotta be a man. I can't let it slide. Oh, wonderful. I am a real American. Oh, I ran a real American. Do you yeah, not know yeah. the lyrics to that wonderful, wonderful song? <laughs> yeah, I screwed myself up there because I tried to put Iron in there, and then I started giggling, and so then I just went into hurry <laughs> Amazing, the irony. <laughs> so, uh, did you enjoy the last couple weeks of not recording podcasts and like uh, living our lives as normal? I, I, I will say, I, I know I, I'm a little heartbroken for you. You're back to real work, going to the office, doing the stuff. Uh, how has that adjustment been for you? <laughs> you know, it, it, I thought it was going to suck, but it was nice to see everybody again. My issue was is that during the pandemic, I've taken exercise very seriously, as you can see on the internet. And I was worried that if I had a commute and a 9 to 5 at a place that I don't want to be, that I was going to fuck off on my exercising. But you know what? I go right to the gym and I go right on my hikes every weekend. It hasn't broke me yet. Life has not said, fuck you, Ron, and your health just yet. So I'm uh, I'm on a good one, and it's not that bad at all. Not as bad as I was expecting. Well, yeah, you know, that's one of the good things. Once you do start on the healthy path and you're exercising and doing this stuff, you tend to have more energy, you know, than, than what you would just when you're being fat and eating and just going to work sitting all day. And so, you know, it does help. It is great. I, I really enjoyed the text message where in the first time in our friendship, you actually weigh less than I do now. So I don't know if it was a challenge. Yeah, it's taken everything in me to not call you and say, hey, guess what? You're fat. But <laughs> just just, just for payback of a lifelong of ball busting, but that's just love and that's how we spread it. Uh, I actually weigh less than my wedding day. 
which is very weird. I keep telling uh, my wife we need to renew our vows while we're hot. Uh, <laughs> so uh, life's great. And uh, speaking of sitting on our ass and bullshitting, that's what we're doing today, ladies and gentlemen, on another wonderful brand new creative team episode. And it's one of my favorite things to do. It's our top 10. And our last one was a doozy. And I cannot oh. wait to talk about this one because since we're entering back into the groove of things, why not talk about the top 10 entrances of all times? Before we do that, I have a little game I'd like to introduce to the show. And it go it's called Overrated, Underrated, and Properly Rated. And I'm going to give you three professional wrestlers to stay on topic. You have to say one of them is underrated. You have to say one of them is properly rated. And you have to say which one is overrated and give a real reason why. Oh, I have to give reasons? I can't just, like, say the names and just, that's it? No, no, no. No, no. No, no. There has to be a reason oh. why they're overrated. Okay. And I picked out three doozies for you. And all of the fans who have been watching, or, sorry, listening to our wonderful podcast know that this one is just a little bit of payback for our last top 10 episode where you broke me and I couldn't even put over El Santo. So, Ronald, properly rated, overrated, underrated, Brett, the Hitman Hart, mm. The Undertaker, mm. and Big E. Have fun. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, why would you ask a question that would create so much pausing? <laughs> oh, because it just shows the listeners how hard a, how hard of a decision is for you to decide who's overrated between Undertaker, Bret Hart, and Big E. Yeah, three loves in wrestling for me. <laughs> and, and I'm pretty sure you put these three together because you want me to say Undertaker is overrated so bad. <laughs> Well, I mean, we can get into my answer if you'd like. <laughs> oh, I know your answer. I, 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 I could smell your answer. Um, I will say Bret Hart is underrated. Ugh. See, like, I'm already drawing that back. I, I can't. Right? Yeah. <laughs> because then, like, the other two, no, it doesn't make sense. Would you Would you like me to go first? No. Okay. Um, fuck it. I'm going to say Big E is underrated. I'm going to say... Uh... <laughs> fuck. I, I can see the pain in your face of having to say The Undertaker is overrated. Like, it's... Yeah. Because, like, I feel like if I say that, I have to, like, preamble and postamble. <laughs> like, Undertaker's overrated, but... Uh... I, yeah, I gotta say it. Big E is underrated. Bret Hart is properly rated. And Undertaker's overrated. <clears throat> oh, there it is. You had you had the same answer as me. <laughs> I know. I, I I will say um my reason for picking the Undertaker as the overrated one of the bunch, I not as overrated. Hey, look, look at the screen. Right now. <laughs> just, you know, is is just that you have to include the first fifteen years of the Undertaker's matches in his overall legacy, and the first. 15-ish years of Undertaker's run are not great. 
Like, there's a handful of matches that are super good matches. And I'm just talking about work rate in the ring, like, bell to bell. Like, you know, Undertaker and Giant Gonzalez and Undertaker King Kong Bundy and Undertaker Jake the Snake Roberts and Jimmy Snuka and all those matches where he fought a bunch of big, evil, mean dudes are not super great matches. Um, but he more than makes up for it on the end of his career with Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle and that and 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 I think he gets a lot of credit just for his longevity, but not so much as his overall body of work. So just in that, I would say his spot in the conversation is slightly overrated. Um when compared to Bret Hart and Big E, when you have to pick someone as underrated, obviously Big E is the underrated one of the bunch because we agree he might be one of the most entertaining, best, most well-rounded wrestlers ever. And he's just not in that spot where he deserves to be. And I think Bret's pretty fairly rated. There's a lot of people that'll say Bret sucks and his matches were boring and he's boring and this and that. But there's just there's way, way more people that say Brett's one of the greatest of all time. And how do you how are you underrated when someone's calling you the greatest of all time? So I I, I think I'm good with your answer. It's the answer I would have given. So I, I'm I knew not exactly that that was your answer the second you asked the question. <laughs> but it's funny that you say that because the first 15 years of Taker is what I fell in love with. He came out that came out at the perfect time for me. Uh, you know, that, that's, right. that, that's what hooked me from the very beginning. And to keep that going for so long, even when he switched to American Badass for a couple years, to, to keep that, you know, let's base, let's let's face it. He was a zombie, a supernatural zombie. Yes. Uh, shit that's frowned upon today for some reason. But we look at Undertaker as the greatest of all time. I think if I'm going to compare like to movies, uh, Undertaker is a cult classic. His early stuff, I would say for sure. Yeah, he's a cult classic. He's not going to win any fucking Academy Awards, but, you know, everybody will watch that movie. Well, but then, you know, on the flip side, at the end of Undertaker's career, I mean, he arguably had the match of the year for, I don't know, a four or five year stretch, 25 years into the business. A lot of people consider him and Michaels as the greatest WrestleMania match of all time, you know, despite what we may feel. It's on Ooh, like a short yeah, list. It's up there. It's, yeah, up it's there. definitely up there. It's top five. Yes. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't begrudge anyone for say either of those matches. By the way, could could have a, a strong argument to be in the top five. Yeah, and I'm and sure Shawn Michaels won't care which answer is is gone with. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Shawn's probably in there no matter what, unless you consider Austin Bret Hart the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. But some people do. Yeah. I mean, but there are some people that think that Andre and Hogan is the greatest of all time because of what it drew in the story and this and that, which is the beauty of this whole entire podcast. I've watched that... that match today in the work rate years, and I still giggle and, you know, and I'm in awe of that match. I don't, I, you know, other than that one post uh, corner spot on the outside, the match is perfect in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that one's not not great. No. <laughs> but other than that, it, it's my it, it's the one match that basically in my f wrestling fandom d just made me realize that Dave Meltzer has absolutely no credibility whatsoever because that match was his first like negative three star match of all time, and it, that's just like how do you have an opinion like that and then people listen to you about anything? <laughs> like, 
Yeah, and nobody gave a shit what he thought. <laughs> yeah, definitely not back then. I can't hear your review over the sound of all this money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, overrated, underrated, properly rated. It's like the wrestling version of Fuck, Mary Kill. Yes, pretty much. Pretty much. But, like, way worse because <laughs> you, have well, to, you just I had mean, to call The Undertaker underrated or I overrated. Mean, <laughs> I mean, if we're going to play that game, I think that's kind of worse because, one, Taker's already dead. <laughs> um,. Yeah, Brett's not known for honoring commitments, so, you know, I'm going to have to just fuck him. <laughs> and then, you know, B- Big E's a hermit, so, you know, I think I'm, I'm going to marry Big E. All right, there moving on. Go. We're never playing that again. <laughs> I think if, we're gonna, if we were going to play Fuck, Mary Kill, we, we would probably um, pick three different people. <laughs> Why? It's 2021. <laughs> that is true. It is 2021. Don't be sexist. <laughs> oh, all right. Now you can go about your day. You want me to go first? Do you want to go first this time? I mean, we can. I mean, I was, you know, I was going to leave it up to you. It's your show. Pal. Well, you know what? I am definitely going to go first because my number 10 moment of the greatest entrances of all time. Now, just to be clear, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as with most things on our show, we don't have a super stringent rule. Uh, it, it's it, This is going to cover... Some of these are going to be just, just the character's entrance in general. Some of these are going to be very specific entrances. And uh, some of them are going to be just, you know, just for funsies. But this one I'm opening up was a very specific entrance and staying on character and talking about our last guest on the show. My number 10 entrance of all time was Candice LeRae's entrance into the Royal Rumble. Uh, I don't care what anyone else said. Uh, it was a very emotional moment for me personally. Uh, and it was one I got to share with Ronald in person. And uh, uh, I'm about to cry right now. So I'm going to stop talking. Aww. And uh... <laughs> well, then I'll, I'll save you, buddy. I'll save you. Yeah, that's awesome that you put her on the list. But I, I would even go further and say her current entrance now is pretty up there because, you know, we touched on it a little bit when we talked to her because I, I was just enthralled with that, how much she's embraced the sports entertainment side of things, because she's always been known as the good wrestler and she's always been afraid of the pageantry of wrestling. And just when she started doing the poison pixie and the, and the movements and stuff like that, the way I interpreted the character, I was like, this is genius. A good heel thinks they're doing right. So when she's going out there and people are booing, I just imagined this bitch Tinkerbell throwing out this happy thought, pixie dust, to make these people happy. <laughs> and it's perfect because she thinks like she's helping them. And that's how I interpret the character, and I think it's genius. And for her to say that that was all her and the creative's not really on top of that just goes to show that you are made for this business, Candace, and you are a good showman. And, uh, yeah. Uh, don't wear white if you're going to shit yourself before a promo. <laughs> that was my favorite story. But hey, we're going to my top 10. And this is this is going to be good. We're starting off hot because oh God. this guy really makes an intense entrance. And if, oh fuck. if you're not convinced, just ask Michael Cole. This man is Heidenreich. Oh, fuck. Oh, yes. If anybody knows how to make an entrance... It's Michael Cole when he met Heidenreich. 
if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, he comes oh. out there with that arm, marching his ass off. He read poetry, but his most talked about entrance was when he entered Michael Cole. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Oh, oh my God. I wish I could have been in the, in the gorilla position for that one. Are we doing this again, Ron? Doing what? Are you, are you going to do this to me again? Are all your top tens going to be hide and right quality? Hide and right quality? I mean, one could be so lucky, or nine others could. <laughs> oh God! Michael Cole certainly got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> having, yes, having met Heidenreich. All right, my number nine. And uh, we've talked about it a little bit on the show, but I am actually a gold medal carrying world champion barbershop singer. Uh, So this next entrance, when it first happened, I remember the day it happened. I remember the first time when Christian finally got his chance to be on his own. They went with the most obnoxious thing possible, and his entrance was opera singers. Christian! Christian! At last, you're on your own! And and with the raining just mountain of gold, like just over the top, like how can you not hate this prick right now? (laughs) And it was so good. I laughed probably for 15 minutes I had to stop and rewind. I wanted the YouTube clips. It's one of my favorite things that's ever happened. I was so sad when they went away from it. I I, I, I was glad it. they at least at least they at least kept the Christian. <laughs> but yeah, he hated oh. it. He said everyone was ribbing him and just kept singing it to him as they passed him, and it just made oh. him pissed off all the time. I was like, man, it was oh. so good. It's the best. It's one it. of those things like you'll never forget it. It it oh it just made me so happy. So Christian at last has made my top ten list. Number nine, Christian. Amazing. You know, that's not bad, but you know what? We're gonna go to my number nine, and what better way to transition from fucking announcers to licking kids? We got the bushwhackers, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, oh. yes, these little Aussies coming down doing that march. You know, I got a thing for marchers. Heidenreich was a marcher with his stupid little arm. And then we got the bushwhackers marching that ass down to the ring and licking children. Something you can't do today at all, especially after COVID. <laughs> uh, yes, it, it's not very advisable. Uh, I don't know why they got away with it back then. I don't think it was okay to lick children in the 90s, but uh, it happened. I'm not mad at this one, Ronald. I, I think in, in your efforts to fuck with me, you came up with a good one. <laughs> I mean, it touched me as a child. <laughs> What? <laughs> oh god. What are you laughing at? <laughs> oh. So what's your number 8, Cole? <laughs> we went from Don't say it. <laughs> Just talking about child- No, no, no. No, no, don't don't say don't say it. Let the listeners marinate on it. <laughs> and just give me your top eight, Cole. Oh, speaking of rape. <laughs> oh, no. You can't say that. <laughs> My number eight. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> My number eight is Kane. <laughs> oh. No. <laughs> no. It could have been when Triple H entered Kenny Vick, but. <laughs> God. Uh, so, yes, Kane with the magical powers and the exploding ring posts. Uh, you know, the lights, the music, everything was great. Uh, absolutely. I just, it, the whole thing with Kane was just wonderful. It's one of the best gimmicks that they pulled off <clears throat> outside of the undertaker, obviously. And it tied into the undertaker, but to be able to find another big man to be the, you know, the foe for the undertaker and pull off this character and be super serious and all that wonderful things. Uh, and then just the massive explosions and the the fire and all that. Kane was wonderful. I loved his entrances. And, uh, huh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it is really remarkable that, you know, you can come out with The Undertaker. Something so original. Something so outside the box. Something so, you know, let's face it, cheesy and campy. And then there's ultra success for it. So it's one of those moments where, like, huh, bet you can't do that twice. And then Jim Cornette, Glenn Jacobs, and Bruce Pritchard say, hold my beer, and Kane's born. <laughs> more power to Mr. Jacobs, more power to the mayor, more power to Kane. <clears throat> so my number eight, we go from supernatural abilities to something that's incredibly racist. And I got psychosis, hooventude, super crazy, the Mexicals. Great in-ring performers, dressing up like gardeners and riding a one deer. One. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's a one deer lawnmower, ladies and gentlemen, and boy, it got over. It mowed all sorts of lawns, and someone had to smoke a lot of grass coming up with that gimmick. But it's one of the best entrances of all time, and it is rightfully spotted on my number eight. Oh, so not 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 Eddie Guerrero with the lowriders. We're going with the one deer entrance. Got it. <laughs> I love me some psychosis. Oh, well, you can't argue that point, but I'm going to stay on the, the little bit of a cheesy entrance thing right now. Uh, people riding a motorized vehicle of some sort down to the ring. So I, I it's it's nice timing that that was your number eight, because my number seven is the WrestleMania entrances with the motorized wrestling ring that took the wrestlers down to the ring. I absolutely loved it. It's one of my favorite things of all time. I wish that they would do it at some point just for the nostalgia purposes of it. Um, but I know that, you know, Vince McMahon hates wrestling history and the wrestling business in general. So it's not going to happen, but I loved it. So you have the entrance concept itself and not one specific one. Correct. Okay, that's that's fair. Yeah, just the WrestleMania entrances with the cart, but specifically... Andre the Giant coming down on the cart is just a sight to behold because he's already taller than everyone in the building. And now he's an extra three feet high coming out to the ring. It's awesome. I love it. So I would I mean, have not this... argued if that was if that was your pick. But I am I, I am a little partial to um that uh that image of Ricky Steamboat holding the Intercontinental title up and embracing George the Animal Steel. That's a that's a sweet oh, shot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. But yeah, That'd no, just, on, that, that whole visual gimmick. of Andre coming down, it, 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 the visual of Andre exiting the building and disappointed that he lost and pointing at Hulk Hogan oh, yeah. is awesome. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Tremendous. And that, that WrestleMania three looked like one hell of a party. 
But my number seven is one of the biggest parties you'll ever go to. My number seven entrance, greatest entrance of all time, started in NXT and went to the main roster. And boy, was this something special because right when the music starts, you know exactly who's coming out, but you don't know who's coming with them. And my goodness, it is none other than No Way Jose. Man, what a legendary wrestler. A lot to offer. And one of which is his amazing entrance. And who can forget his classic feud with Austin Aries? Apparently everybody. So, um, <laughs> that is my number seven. No way. Jose, no way. Jose, no way. Jose, no way. Number seven. Um, from that, just legendary, all-time great No Way Jose, that brings me to my number six, the goddamn Nature Boy Ric Flair, the music, the pop, there's just, uh the Space Odyssey 2001, just so perfect. He's one of those guys, like, you hear the music, you see him, you see the robe, it's just an absolute match made in heaven, it's just utter perfection you know exactly what you're getting even if you'd never seen rick flair before if you heard that music and you saw him strutting you saw him in the robe with his hair and everything you know who he is you know he's special you know he's something that you need to see what's going to happen it's one of those if you were passing by a tv and you heard you heard that the volume was up you looked at it you saw that you're going i'm gonna watch this shit so rick flair's entrance in general is my number six. And it just goes to show that he didn't need any like showbiz dust on his entrance. He just needed his swagger and his music, and the audience was in the palm of his hands. And that's that's that is a trademark of a true great. Speaking of greats, yeah, we're going to my number six. We're approaching the middle, and boy, was this one unexpected and one of the best follow-ups one of the best reoccurring themes of smackdown and raw and eventually wrestlemania at one point but when you heard the beginning of this music you know you were in for a treat and that treat is worms because i'm going with the boogeyman Oh. oh yes he would crawl his sweet ass to the entrance ramp stand up take a giant Flava Flav clock and bash himself in the head with it. And then boogie, woogie, 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 woogie down to the ring. And then the bell rang. Everyone went to the bathroom just to come back to see him (laughs) feed worms to someone. Oh. So that is right there, number six, the boogeyman. The boogeyman. I'm coming to get you. Are are you sure this isn't the this isn't some sort of weird draft where you picked all the wrong ones? The wrong ones. This man wrestled at WrestleMania. Oh, he God. got denied tough enough because he lied about his age and then came back as a worm-eating spooky man and then had one of the greatest careers of all time. Hall of Famer. Oh God, I hope not. Mm, I can't wait for that speech. I hope it's twice as long as Hillbilly Gems. <laughs> oh, right up there with that Mr. T. Right up there with that Mr. T. Oh, I yes. got to thank my mama. I shout, love my mama. Shout out to Mr. T's mom. Yes. 
The boogeyman's oh. coming to get you. All right. Oh. God damn it, Ron. <laughs> what? <laughs> you, <laughs> this is a top ten list, Ron. <laughs> yes. You have, you have the boogeyman... No way, Jose. So far, you've been giving me bullshit. I've been giving you high quality. This is another page in the ESPN book I read last top 10 we made. <laughs> oh. oh, you know, there's a lot of these sites now. They do the they do the top 10 list where they have a, a top 10 and a not top 10, right? <laughs> Someone does that? <laughs> okay. Number five for me. And this is one that... Uh, you know, this is probably the most, let's say, um, kid fan top 10 of mine. This is the one where I went more for my just, as a kid, things that really stood out that got me. And, and in, just li- looking back, because as a grown adult male, uh, the entrances don't interest me at all in the least. So I had to go fishing to my childhood a lot for this one. And... um this was one of the first pay-per-views I ever saw in my life. And when the Road Warriors rode their motorcycles down the aisle at Wembley Stadium at SummerSlam, um, I don't remember the match at all. Um, I, I did watch, what was it, Dark Side of the Ring when they were talking about the Road Warriors and how this match did not go so well. And I went back and watched it, and the match was way, way better than I thought it was going to be based on the the retelling of how awful this match was and how Hawk was in no shape. but. That entrance with the, you know, 83,000 people in that stadium losing their minds, riding the motorcycle is so good. And it's one of those things where as a kid, I wanted LOD to do everything. I wanted them to win every match and I couldn't understand why they weren't the champions and I couldn't wait for them to beat the natural disasters or money incorporated. I just needed to see them. And this was like the last straw for them, unfortunately. So it left a, an indelible memory in my mind, and I wanted to see more. And uh, I think that's, uh, you can't ask for any more out of an entrance, right? Absolutely. And, you know, whenever someone talks crap about a match from back then, you know, you got to really look at it with with rose-colored glasses. Because, you know, back then, it wasn't about the bell to bell so much. Like, you know, for a time it was, but man, that, that era of wrestling, it's about the moments and the connections. And Candace touched on it a little bit. It's not about wins or loss. It's about the remembering. It's about the memories that you bestow upon the audience. And something like that, you know, the all the Road Warriors had to do is go out there and be physical, and the match was good. The, their, their appeal was the unknown. Like, holy shit, we're in for some physicality. Even back then. So... And, like, I don't know what anyone says when Hawk, when they say Hawk is out of shape. Because maybe he might not be in ring shape, but that dude was always jacked. Well, and... it's not that he wasn't in shape. It's that he was not in any kind of shape to compete that night when uh, he showed up to mentally. the show. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, okay. yeah. There, yeah, I, there was... I, there, I can, there... <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see that. But, man, when it comes to his body, like, that dude's jacked. And I, I, and I, I, I hope to look like Hawk someday. That's what I'm... That's why I'm working out so much. And working out is a good segue to my number five because it's someone who works out that comes to the ring on a segue. And that is the gym oh guru, Simon Dean. Right in the middle of my top ten entrances ever, Simon Dean. Number five. Simon. Number Dean. five. Riding a segue. Riding a segue. 
shelling out his drink to make everyone in shape. Is this, is this just you going back to the days when you were Mr. Fitness? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, when he came out, because, you know, where I was working at the time, always had original ideas. So the second he debuted, they were like, hey, why don't you do a fitness character? But I guess the <laughs> irony of it is that I'm incredibly fat going up to guys who have six packs saying, look, man, you need to get on my regiment. So I like that idea. I, I actually jumped in with both feet. I thought it was fantastic. I'm a 500 pound guy going up to fucking Cyrus, who's got washboard abs. And I'm like, bro, bro, you, look at this. I don't, you call this in shape. You got to get on my shit right here. Look at this. Look at this. Oh. Mr. Did Fitness, you, you know. Did you have a, a gimmick scale like uh, Adrian, or not Adrian Adonis, uh, oh, God, uh, Buddy Rose did back in the day where he had a scale that would stop at, like, 220? So <laughs> no, but I would stop the ring announcer as she was saying 400, and I was like, a whopping 187 pounds. <laughs> yes, I would make them announce my real weight. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, good times. But yes, going back to it, Mike Bucci, Nova, Simon Dean, number five. That dude just had a wonderful array of just interesting gimmicks because he was Nova, you know, in the in the Blue World Order where he was painting on the black beard. <laughs> oh, he was Hollywood Nova. Then he became yeah. just Nova. And oh, then so good. Simon Dean. Probably other things too. I think he. I think he had a WCW cup of coffee. Oh, Simon Dean, top ten. Yep, there we go. Mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, I now, just. I really amaze myself with my Ron Cyclopedia mind. <laughs> oh, okay. So now this one might surprise you a little bit, uh, being this high on any of my top ten lists ever, but. As a kid, um, there was nothing more exciting than when the music would hit. And then from behind the curtain, blasting out in an explosion, the Ultimate Warrior would sprint full force all the way down to the ring, run around the ring, get in the ring, shake the ropes, do the whole thing. And uh, yeah, man, nothing... I, there is not an entrance ever that gets you as hyped as the ultimate warrior running down to the ring. I mean, it's no wonder most of his matches were three minutes long, but I mean, the level of excitement and, and just like the energy that burst into the room. It was one of the first entrances where like, as soon as the music started playing, people started losing their minds and it, I just, I loved it. It's the best part of the Ultimate Warrior because, you know, then the bell rang and then someone put a mic in his face. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, when the Ultimate Warrior ran down to the ring, I was ready to go. I was hyped. I was excited. And I didn't care about the match. I didn't care if it was 20 minutes. I just wanted to see him beat someone up and move on with his day and play his music again so he could run away. It was so great. And, uh, yeah, number four on my top ten entrances list. Talk about beauty and simplicity that, you know, all that dude was just all entrance and all looks. And yeah, that hits home for me, too, as a child. And man, yeah, I, I still have the Ultimate Warriors music in my gym playlist. It's it gets you going. I love it. Um, but we're going to slow it down 
and we're going to go to mine number four, and it's fitting that it's four, because when he comes out, you want to yell, FOUR! This is the greatest idea ever in wrestling, and that is when they took Chavo Guerrero, and they turned him into a white golfer. And he would come out <laughs> in a golf cart. We're talking about none other than Kerwin White. A top mm. four spot anywhere among any list ever. Oh, I forgot the name until you said it right then. And I, oh, I forgot about the Frank Sinatra music. I just remember him being the super, I just remember the vignettes. Of him with the, you know, the, 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 the Zach Morris fucking sweater around the neck and just, oh. And the Dolph what? Ziggler caddy. Who the fuck booked this shit? Kerwin White. <laughs> one of the ideas that never had a proper follow through. Uh, but this was after Eddie died, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. How dare you? So Eddie died. They gave Rey Mysterio Chavo's spot, and they made Chavo a, a white, white guy, guy. <laughs> like a total sellout. Like <laughs> he's tagging with Eddie, doing Viva la Raza, all that, and now <laughs> and Chavo's over here doing Sad Gilmore. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't think I was I'd ever been so pissed off about something in my life as like like at me no 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 not you you're fine <laughs> we're talking about Kerwin White right now on a podcast you're welcome you, you went deep cuts today and I'm okay with it because I love Chavo and I think he deserves to be talked about more but <laughs> kids google Kerwin White you'll be glad you did you, you just <laughs> I th actually if I'm being honest I think these vignettes were actually really good for Chavo in a way, like where he got to show more of his personality. Like, is this that much worse than him coming down to the ring with a fucking wooden horse? You know, like the little like, the shit he was doing in WCW. Like, is is this really that much worse than that? I just like no. It just it's one of those things that struck a nerve with me. Like. Eddie's legitimate nephew, like who's basically a brother to him that he was tagging with. That was like his ride or die right hand guy. They pushed him aside and gave him this awful, like no possibility ever of this getting over gimmick and just pushed Ray to the moon. Like, yep. Oh. They gave Eddie Guerrero a Cadillac and they gave Chavo a caddy. <laughs> oh man. Kerwin White. That's K-E-R-W-I-N, white. Put it in YouTube, and then send your tweets to at Ron for your life. All right, my number three. And I know you will appreciate this one. Even though I made you say he was overrated earlier today. Yes. Uh, top three entrances of all time. No-brainer. My number three, The Undertaker. I don't care which one. Take your pick. Just The Undertaker. You know, for as excited as everyone would get when the Ultimate Warriors music hit and he came down, completely opposite effect when Undertaker's music hits. Even to this day, if that bell tolls and the lights go off, every adult in that building instantly becomes a child and there is fear and excitement in every heart of every wrestling fan across the world. And uh, 
I I really as much as much fun as it was for me to get audio of you saying the Undertaker is overrated. Um, it, there's not very many people better than the Undertaker in the history of the business, and his entrance uh, was the best. Um, and it's the top one on my list of just re- people and just their entrances. The other two entrances I have are very specific to an event and they're very meaningful because of what they were. But this one is my number one, just overall random entrance. If I was just going to play music and say this person has the best overall entrance, it's going to be undertaker for me. So, well, that is very awesome of you to say. And yes, and sometimes undertaker's entrances lasted longer than his matches and no one gave a shit because it was awesome. It was so good. And that is a, Huge, huge feather in my cap that he's on your list because Undertaker is, without a doubt, character-wise, gotta be top three of all time, character-wise. Until we get to my number three. Now, obviously you've heard my previous seven. And there's a bit of a theme. You know, you, you don't necessarily think they're top ten quality. But as I was putting this list together to match everybody else, I actually took a big step back and looked at this as a big picture thing. And I was like, this entrance was actually pretty sick. I rewatched a couple of them from the 90s. And I may be like joking right now, but I'm actually halfway serious. The entrance <laughs> of Double J Jeff Jarrett was oh, so yes. over the top and amazing. He had a full body suit with lights everywhere on him. And that was ahead of its time for one. And then when he gets in the ring to do that strut, he has the most original-looking spinner flare fucking fireworks I've ever seen from anybody. So I'm like, okay, I'm fucking around here, but this is this should be like on a on like somewhere towards the bottom. It's so cool looking. <laughs> I mean, even the music doesn't make it awful. But yes, Double J <laughs> is somewhere on a top three, somewhere in wrestling history, and it's on Ron's list for the greatest entrances of all time. Hey, Jeff, glad you're listening. Now, I'm, 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 I'm even more perplexed about the rest of your list, Ronald, because like, Jeff Jarrett's entrance is really good. <laughs> yeah, and it was one of those things that I thought about after the fact. I was like, oh man, Double J, this can be so funny. Wait a minute. This shit was kind of tight. Yeah, we joke all the time about Je- Jeff Jarrett being the human fast-forward button, but... Uh, I actually rewound his entrance. <laughs> I-, I think Jeff Jarrett's going to make the final list, bud. I'm just saying it. I'm going to put it out there right now. It's going to make the official list. Well, ain't I great? Oh, you did it. I did it. All right, slap nuts. Moving on. Okay, so now I have my last two are very specific entrances. And this one is special um, because of, I mean, really, because of all the buildup. I also think this is the moment where we knew who was winning the match because, I mean, duh. But this interest is made even more special for Ronald and I because a good friend of ours, the main event James Morgan Red Tornado, makes a cameo during this entrance uh, when they show the crowd shot for Shawn Michaels' WrestleMania 12 entrance. And he does the zip line and does the whole thing. When he lands on camera, clearly, the Red Tornado, James, the main event Morgan, turns right into the camera, full face, with his red mullet, his bright red mullet, 
and just gives the most disgusted look you've ever seen in your life. And it's great. It's magical. Go watch this. The Little Red-Headed Mullet Kid. That is the main event, James Morgan. Good friend of ours. Uh, showing his disgust as he was, as he should be, a Bret Hart fan all the way, do or die. And he was not happy. And uh, that makes this entrance even a little more magical. But, I mean, goddamn, when's, when, when had we ever seen anything like that before? Uh, we haven't seen much of that since, um, for good reason. Um, but, yeah, Shawn Michaels, the zip line, WrestleMania 12, the boyhood dream comes alive. Like, uh, you know, obviously, guys, this match is going to be talked about a lot in the history of this podcast. Um, because, you know, Ron and I agree, greatest match of all time. But, uh, yeah, that entrance, everything about the buildup and the match, the entrances, the finish, everything about this is as good as professional wrestling gets. And uh, so it belongs on the list, bud. Yeah, the greatest match of all time starts with that entrance. And, yes. yeah, James had a fantastic seat in the house, and I did not, but I was there too. And I was 10, <laughs> and, man, it is a you know a kick in the ass to say that I was I was in the house for the greatest match of all time and I didn't appreciate it because I didn't learn about work rate yet. I just wanted to see <laughs> Shawn Michaels win. I loved the match as a kid, but I didn't appreciate it at the height that I would as a older guy. And Spe you know, I think speaking that, I think of things, I think that's across the board amongst all things like from when you're young until you're older, you really appreciate the work that went into that match. But yes. Oh, but speaking of things that you don't appreciate. Uh-oh. So it is one of my life's bucket list dream things in this world to see my Chicago Cubs play a baseball game at their home field of Wrigley Field. And you, sir, are like, oh, yeah, I've been there. I didn't care. <laughs> so... It was a baseball field. <laughs> you got great gum. Oh, God damn it. So there's two things that you've done that I wish I had. <laughs> yeah, I really hit a home run on that one. But oh, all right, all right. Just like my heart for the Cubs, this entrance is ice cold, and this <laughs> is one of the best entrances that WCW had to offer. If you're a Mortal Kombat fan, you know that I am talking about Glacier. Oh yes, number two, Glacier, coming out to the ring in that cheesy. Mortal Kombat style music. Oh, my 11-year-old, 12-year-old ass is freaking hyped right now. Comes out with that Sub-Zero mask and does his uh, martial arts guy karate uh, kicks. And uh, just beautiful. The, the snow, the lasers. So much effort was put into that entrance. One of the best to ever do it. Glacier. 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 He's cold. <laughs> if he's the opening match, do you call it a cold open? Oh, yes. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> we're talking about Glacier. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about entrances. How do you not talk about Glacier? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure oh. he froze the accounts at WCW. Well, he definitely cut into their ability to draw money. That is for sure. <laughs> I mean, oh. look what he did to the Titanic. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I love when things land on you late. 
That was a slow burn joke there. It was a joke grenade. <laughs> well. <laughs> oh, God damn it, Ron. <laughs> well, just like the Titanic, this show will go on. Oh, God. Are you just going to make dad jokes the rest of the show now? <laughs> hey, Dad, there's something in my shoe. Yeah, son. It's a foot. Oh, oh, God, it's so hard to compose myself to be serious. Like, you you break me right before the number one. Like, this one is, like, like literally my favorite entrance of all time. And I got to, like, talk about it and put it over. <laughs> El Santo? <laughs> oh, God damn it, Ron. <laughs> oh, what's your number one? <laughs> oh, no, no. No, that's not how this works. Okay. Okay. So, um, after you after you Google Kerwin White, <laughs> uh, Google uh, Mick Foley wins the title <laughs> for the first time. And C, for my money, the single greatest crowd reaction in the history of the professional wrestling business. Oh, the the crowd reaction that I think surpassed the Road Warrior pop, as it were. This match was one of the most convoluted bullshit matches of all time. There's 75 people interfering. I mean, this is the corporation at its finest, just running shit. The Rock is defending his title on Monday Night Raw against uh, Mick Foley, Mankind, Cactus Jack, whatever whatever persona he was losing that night made better by the fact that it was a pre-tape. And so WCW read the results live on air to discourage people from watching WWF that night. And hundreds of thousands of people changed the channel after they read it on WCW to watch Mick Foley win his first world heavyweight championship. But the entrance I'm talking about specifically is not the entrance for the matches. It's not any of the other bullshit that's going on, but there is a moment where it is clear that Mick Foley is not going to win this match, even though they can't beat him or stop him because he will not stay down. And the glass shatters and 20,000 people didn't get up for a standing ovation they jumped out of their seats and lost their fucking minds to the point that the cameras started shaking uh, uncontrollably. And Stone Cold Steve Austin makes his entrance down to the ring. And it is the most incredible goosebump inspiring wrestling moment you will ever see if you're just watching volume all the way up ladies and gentlemen when that glass shatters and you watch you know 20,000 people who are all sitting and just disgust and just disbelief in that moment they knew that Austin was going to beat the shit out of everybody and Mick Foley was going to win that belt and uh it is one of the coolest things you will ever see in wrestling Go out of your way after you look at Glacier 
And after you look at uh, Jeff Jarrett and definitely Google Kerwin White, just please do. Go watch those vignettes. They are absolutely fantastic. But uh, go watch Austin uh, running in on Mankind versus The Rock. Mick Foley winning his first title. It is an awe-inspiring moment. It is the moment that everyone strives for if they're in the professional wrestling business. And uh, it is incredible. And now, Ronald, go ahead and shit all over this list and finish. Um, I do not <sighs> shit over any list. I am a wrestling historian, and I am spitting facts. But let's just piggyback on your number one, because that the crowd in unison were, was feeling the same emotions. Not only was Stone Cold coming out, which is a big pop in itself, they knew he was coming out to assist in the outcome that they knew was going to take place. He is not returning and coming back and not awarding Mick Foley that title. So everyone is already so happy because they know it's coming and they know how it's coming and they're surprised on who is helping Mick Foley and who and you know, let's face it, every at this point everyone just loved Mick Foley as a person, the fans and his peers. So everybody was sharing in that happiness. And it was one of the best moments in Raw history. And, you know, speaking of knowing when it's coming and knowing what's coming, boy, my number one is the epitome of knowing exactly what's coming way before it even comes out. And I need you to really listen close because this is going to be, this is a shoo-in for a number one spot in any category whatsoever. But this entrance would start with a security guard knocking on a door and awakening the beast. And then this person would come out and make all sorts of noises, bust that door open, yell, scream, and march his ass to the ring. And then he would come out. Psss, poof. It's Gilbert, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, you knew someone was in for some death when Gilberg was marching his ass to the ring and he is going to spear and jackhammer the whole competition. And man, even The Undertaker would sit there and get right in his casket at the awe of Gilberg walking towards him. Jesus, Cole, how can you not love Gilberg? <sighs> I love Gilberg more knowing that he's like, genuinely one of the good dudes in the wrestling business and that he still gets bookings to this day as Gilberg, <laughs> not, not Dwayne Gill, <laughs> the, the longtime uh, enhancement talent, but as Gilberg. And even at this point, now that Goldberg takes himself less seriously, he embraces the Gilberg of it all. But, uh, oh boy, I'm so the, Gilberg, Gilberg, <laughs> Gilberg. My favorite part of this is is listening to you being giddy about pitching these fucking terrible ideas. <laughs> I mean, and, and listening to you really trying to put it over and compose yourself and keep it together so as not to laugh yourself. <laughs> <laughs> listeners send your hate tweets to uh, to cole dawson and tell him that my list is factual and the best ever 
Oh, that would be at Cole2130 on the Twitters and the Instagrams. And then you can find me, Cole Dawson, on Facebook somewhere. I would love for you guys to tell me exactly how great Ron's list is. Oh, my God. The best ever. Oh, you know, Cole, I, I feel bad. I feel bad kind of beating up your, uh, your, your, your funny muscles today. So I got you a present. And I made a cereal list. I made a serious list. So I'm just going to rapid fire these and I'm going to see what you think. So write these down. Number 10, The Sandman. Number 9, Glorious Bobby Roode. Number 8, The Serious Goldberg. Number 7, Um, The Brood. Number 6, Demon Finn Balor. Number 5, It's Gotta Be, It's Gotta Be Kane. And number 4, WrestleMania 31 Triple H Entrance, The Terminator Entrance. Special place in my heart because I was there. Number 3, Shinsuke Nakamura. No matter what promotion. Number two, Chris Jericho. And number one, you know it, I know it, the world knows it, the properly rated Undertaker. There you go. All right. So Ron's honorable mention list there. <laughs> <laughs> and I have it labeled as honorable mention too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. I, I figured when you pitched so hard for Gilbert. <laughs> That Goldberg was going to be on your list. And as you were pitching Goldberg, I'm like, well, he's talking about Goldberg, but that Goldberg thing is fantastic. He definitely should be on the honorable mentions. Uh, I will say that uh, Finn Balor did make my honorable mentions. So that that will definitely be uh, in the in the running for the official top 10 list. Um, I have DX down. Um, and, and, and be, you know, the, the one, especially once they get in the ring and they do the crotch chops and the explosions go on, I really, I just, it's one of the things, another one where it's just the music hits and it's perfect. And you know, you're about to get the, the thing that I don't think DX gets enough credit for is that whether it was Waltman or HBK or triple H or the road dogs, that the quality wasn't going to drop off once the bell rang with any of these guys. So like you knew if you heard, are you ready? Like the next 20 minutes of your life was going to be great. No matter what happened, whether they were doing an in-ring promo, they were doing segments, a match, like you knew the next 20 minutes of your life was going to be awesome because of, are you ready? Like so good. Um, another one, uh, Kurt angle, like, God damn it. Obviously of Kurt course. angle, right? Mm -hmm. We got to get the you sucks in. And it's just fun. It's it's not you know special for any other reason than just the fans. Just it it, it when when the entrance has something for the fans, that's what it's all about. Like to me, professional wrestling is all about fan interaction, fan engagement. So when you've got that person, as soon as their music hits, the fans change or they start singing or chanting or whatever they're doing. It's great. It's perfect, and it has its place. It's just not my favorite thing. That's all. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll, I'll throw one more at you that kind of fits the category of uh, great entrance and then the bell rang. I'm going to go with Chris Masters. That entrance <laughs> was spectacular. But, you know, then the bell rang. But uh, I thought that was really cool looking. It was like a, a narcissist meets uh, Bill Goldberg. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I had high hopes for that guy when I saw his entrance for the first time. It was really cool. Yeah, I got I to gotta say, too, I, I had high hopes because he, he – Chris Masters is one of those guys that obviously he has the the look. I mean, he's got what Vince is there, but he seems athletic enough 
and that he's a good enough promo that he should have gotten more over than he did. And I kind of was rooting for him. Um, but I, I think the all-time best Chris Masters story. Uh, oh, were you yes. a part of this one? Were, were, do you, were you at that house show? I was you not a part, a part of, of this, but okay, I heard but the story you definitely heard the story. It is, it is my, my, my brother's, like, one of his shining moments where we're laughing with him and not at him. But <laughs> we, we went to a house show in San Bernardino, and Chris Masters was making his entrance. And as you would, you know, think, it wasn't very loud in the crowd. Unfortunately, he did not get the rub he deserved. But out of nowhere, my brother just goes, I love Chris Masters! Like, really loud. And even Chris Masters was like, what the fuck? Amazing. <laughs> and Chris Masters sold it. And it was like, okay. <laughs> and everyone around him laughed. And it was great. And uh, very much enjoyable. But yes, good job, my brother Shane. I love Chris Masters! What a classic story. But hey, now that you have all these choices, why don't you solidify this top ten? I'm just going to go ahead and say no way to Jose. Um, <laughs> and Boogeyman can boogie on out. I, I, I'm going to pitch that we put Undertaker on top. I don't think you'll object to that. Never. Okay. So we'll just put Undertaker on top. Um, and and then I'd like to stay with the, the HBK WrestleMania 12 and uh, Austin helps Mick Foley. Naturally. So so we'll, we'll leave those on the list. You know, it saddens me to say... Um, I, I don't think the, the overall world is as enthralled with uh, Candice LeRae and being in the Royal Rumble as I am or we are. Um, so I, Fuck them. Probably... <laughs> yeah, number 10, Candice LeRae Stays. on our official list. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> We're trying to get her back on the show, Cole. Come on. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, so then I would be okay with bumping Christian and the WrestleMania carts. And adding Goldberg, Sandman, and even Jeff Jarrett to the see, final ten list. See, if you if you kind of not backpedal but revise your carts as just the Andre entrance, it has a place on this list. All right, we'll pencil that in. Actually, I'm writing in pen, ladies and gentlemen, so we can't change it after yeah, we make nope. the decision. There's and there's no Control Z when it comes to pens. <laughs> so Andre, I think obviously since it made your. Uh, Honorable mentions. We need to put Kane on this list. Um, how do you feel about the Ultimate Warrior? Oh, he's a great guy. We we uh, we, we, we had lunch. Um, I think I'm probably the only one that feels this way. But uh, oh. no, yes that that entrance. It, he, he's all entrance, and if you don't love the entrance and you just you know dwell on the stories and his and his match quality, then that's one thing. But you love the entrance. Don't you dare lie about it. Okay, and then the other one I'd like to keep on the list is Ric Flair. Yes. Okay. Because he didn't Just, need any yes. pageantry. He was the entrance. All right, so we have two slots left, and it's down to LOD at Wembley, Goldberg, the Sandman. What else did I say? Oh, Jeff Jarrett, because, you know, from your actual list, because fuck it. <laughs> well, Double J's got to get in there. Oh, we got to put Double J on one of our lists. He's got to make a top 10 list. Absolutely. Yes. So Jeff Jarrett from your troll list is making the official top 10 list, ladies and gentlemen. Troll? Troll list? (laughs) I'm going to add Finn Balor since we agreed on that. Goldberg or Sandman? No love for trips, huh? 
Yeah, you you know how I feel about Triple H. But his entrances. Arnold Schwarzenegger announced him to the ring, and he rose up with steel skulls all over his face. And that's when I went to the restroom. Oh, I know I've no. got like ten. I know I've got like ten minutes when Triple H is coming out at Mania, so that's my restroom break. Well then, definitely, <laughs> definitely Goldberg. Then Goldberg. Okay, I'm good with it. All right. So the official creative team top list, top ten entrances list, goes as follows: Number ten, Candice LeRae making her Royal Rumble debut. Number nine, Andre the Giant at WrestleMania three in the awesome ring cart. Number eight, J E double F J A double R E double T Jeff Jarrett. Number seven, Goldberg. Number six, it's gotta be Kane. Number five, Ric Flair. Number four, the Ultimate Warrior. Number three, HBK's WrestleMania twelve entrance. Number two, Stone Cold Steve Austin coming to make the save and making Mick Foley, helping Mick Foley win his first championship. And number one, I, I think it, everyone would agree, just The Undertaker. Oh, yes! Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, another top ten list done, Ron. How do you feel good about yourself? I am ecstatic. This is one of my favorite concepts and one of my favorite shows to do and you know it, we're just spitting facts ladies and gentlemen I, I may not have all the answers but i have all the good ones see the problem is bud at some point i would like to do a not top 10 list or a 10 worst or whatever like you can't troll the worst list i would have to like actually troll in order to have a troll list Cole. <laughs> i mean you can't spell creative control without troll <laughs> Oh, and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, oh, I got my ab workout for the week. I'm so glad to be back recording with you, Ronald. I know we've had we've worked around some vacations the last couple of uh, recording schedules, so we had to do back to back episodes same day a couple times. But uh, oh, I'm looking forward to get back on a regular recording schedule. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I will say, uh, you know, with Ron's work schedule getting back to you know being an actual schedule now. Uh, we will make sure that you get episodes on time um, because we're awesome and we're going to do it and we're going to move it around. Um, you're going to be seeing a lot more social media activity from us. And, uh, oh, I'm just really excited about this. I'm so happy to be doing it with you. Like, uh, I look forward to the top 10 list now. I'm not going to lie because I never know what you're going to give me. And if I end up laughing for 45 minutes, I don't think anyone's going to be hurt hurt by it. I think the fans enjoy it. And, uh Oh, God damn it, Ron. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, laughter is the best medicine. And if you want the good stuff, you come to the creative team. Oh, I'm sorry. The creative team. Oh, so that's going to do it for us this week, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, for my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn, I am your host, Cold Dawson Zane. Thank you for being with us. We look forward to seeing you next week. And we love you. Good night. Mwah. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130 and follow yours truly on Instagram or Twitter at Ron for Your Life. Number four, we'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team.